TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Mark Cox Morning Show is brought to you by Thomas Helbig and Bob Kershaw with the Retirement Advisory Group. RetirementKey.com. The Mark Cox Morning Show. I want to compliment you showing how fair and level-headed everything you guys talk about. Who is this guy? He's saying what we've been saying forever. Maybe what we need from a conservative standpoint is... The Mark Cox Morning Show. I respect that. We don't agree. Listen to both sides. This... Let's get it on. ...is the Mark Cox Morning Show. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> that ended more abruptly than I thought it would. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox today. Got my ace producer, Ethan, here with me today because the whole crew of the Mark Cox show is off today. We're happy to give them a day off. If you don't know who I am, shame on you. You should be listening to my Sunday night show, 7 to 9 p.m. every week here on 97.1 FM Talk. Ethan, you probably know his name or his voice because he goes back and forth to our sister station, KMOX, and also, of course, 97.1 FM Talk. He's my ace producer on Sunday night, so he's with me today. We've got a lot planned for you. Hans von Spakowski is going to be joining us a little bit later, just in a few minutes, as a matter of fact, from Heritage. You know him very well. He's been writing this week about the 25th Amendment. There's a lot of conversation about it. What exactly does it mean? And I find it fascinating that suddenly people are talking about that on the left regarding Biden. You have to wonder why, right? So we'll speak with Hans about that coming up in just a few minutes. And John Bronfeld's going to be here. He's an expert when it comes to AI. And there's a lot of talk about how AI could potentially affect the election and disinformation. Of course, <laughs> whose definition of disinformation are we talking about? We'll get to that coming up all, all in this hour. Jesse Jane Jeff Duff joins us in the 8 o'clock hour. So lots to get do on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Glad you are here. Ethan was already giving me a hard time off the air this morning. We have the show I didn't even started, Ethan, and you were already on me. I know. About my breakfast choices, my friend. Well, why don't you explain what your breakfast choice was before you, you know, before you paint me in bad rap to all All right. Okay. So, you know, do people care about breakfast? I don't know. Uh, I did morning drive for 20 years, kind of what Mark does, did my own show. And I got up at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, whatever, all those years. And so I had to make very quick breakfast decisions. 
So I would have, for a lot of years, I had oatmeal, then I would have cottage cheese because it takes 10 seconds to grab the cottage cheese, throw it in a bowl while you're sitting there prepping for the show, you know, reading, whatnot, okay? So this is what I've done out of necessity just forever. And then about a month ago, I got a steamer, a little uh, rice cooker that also has a steamer basket at the top of it. And believe it or not, as much as I don't like vegetables and don't like salad, I do love broccoli. I like some vegetables, but not all. I don't like salad. So that's the... But now that I've got this steamer that makes broccoli perfectly, just flawlessly, because I always screwed it up. I tried to do it in a pan. never came out right. Now I'm eating broccoli. I'm trying to eat it every single day. So my habit is to get up in the morning. Usually I'm obviously sleeping a little bit later than this most of the time, not always. And I'll get up and have cottage cheese. And then I will have some broccoli. And I've been doing this for a long time. In the morning. Well, not at this hour of the morning for, for me, but usually, usually by five, six of the morning, I'm having broccoli. Yeah. Is wow. that, is that a bad thing? Are you judging me? Not a bad thing. I'm just, wow. There's just, why not have it with your lunch or your dinner? Okay. Listen, I would rather have lucky charms. If you're asking me, I would much rather have a bowl of lucky it's charms. Even, Matter of fact, it's not even that. half a box. It's, it's not even it, that. What? It's just that broccoli, while it is good for you, yes. is has one of the more um, interesting tastes of vegetables, I, w- I would say. I'm just wondering, I mean, just vegetables in general, but especially broccoli, I think we could both agree, are not deemed as morning foods. They tend to be more like, you know, more so dinner foods, but lunch or dinner, a lunch or dinner food. I'm just wondering why the morning. Well, I guess it's because, I, once again, because I did mornings for so many years, I generally wake up earlier than my husband every single morning, right? Usually an hour or two, at least earlier than he gets up. Okay. Just because that's my habit, right? And so I'd like to sleep later. Sometimes I do, but rarely. So I just am used to getting up and I'm hungry when I first wake up. So I had the cottage cheese and now I've been having the broccoli because it's healthy. It's quick to make it. And my husband was making me like a bagel sandwich every morning. When he get up, so it's a couple hours after I get up the first time, he make me a bagel sandwich with, you know, the ham and the cheese and the oh, perfect, flawless, fabulous. But I'm thinking broccoli is probably a better choice. So now I'm making myself the broccoli, you know, usually six or seven in the morning. I'm eating that. So don't be judging my choices, buddy. It could be worse. It could be Lucky Charms. No, it, it definitely could be worse. But when I when you said this morning, you're like, hold on, I got to go and grab my broccoli. Can You can understand why I was a little bit thrown off by that. I can understand your confusion, my okay. friend. Right. Yes, but as long I'm as we're on the same page today. Listen, I'm trying to make choices, buddy. Better choices in my life. Hey, I'm still good, trying to redeem myself from all the red vines I ate on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, we don't need to get into this conversation. No, again. we we're talked about that time. last night but, on the Heidi Harris show, and you can check it out for yourself if you want to go back and listen to it. We did a whole thing about red vines and the Super Bowl last yeah, night. Nice, nice plug. Um, yeah, yeah, you like that? That's uh, no. As long as we can be on the same page. As to why you understand why I was a little bit thrown off by that. Right. I think that right. we can we can get past this. I'm just trying to start the day well. And then after that, of course, you know. And when I did mornings, I would try to eat healthy before, not the broccoli back in the day, but I would try to eat healthy before I went on the air. After I get off the air, when I did mornings like 9 o'clock, whatever the time it was, anything in the break room I would eat. Anything. Two-day-old pizza. Somebody brought in donuts. It's a complete crapshoot after 9 a.m. because you are so hungry. Remember when I when I came by the station, I brought a bunch of food for the morning crew? 
Well, that's right. You weren't here. Uh, I brought a bunch of food for the morning crew. Kim, you should have seen Kim St. Ange. She, <laughs> she ate about half of the cinnamon rolls that I brought from Cracker Barrel. She ate pr- probably half of them herself because I know how hungry the morning crew is at 8 o'clock in the morning. So when I stop by to visit Mark and crew, head food, of course you do. And it's not a good choice. And it was not broccoli. So there you go. All right. Enough food this morning. Lots to get to. Hans von Spakowski joins us coming up after the break. Here's a national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what separately we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight oh the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in That our flag was still there. Oh, said us that star-spangled banner wave. Oh, the Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Good morning, how you doing? I'm Heidi Harrison from Mark Cox. 
Now, you can watch us doing this on, and this is confusing, I know, and I'm sorry, but this is just the way it's going to have to be today. You can watch us doing this live on the Heidi Harris Show Facebook page. If you do not know who I am, shame on you. Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 97.1 FM Talk. And once in a while, I sit in for Mark. I've sat in for Annie before. You know, I'm just like their, what do you call it? I'm like their clutch girl. Is that what they say, Ethan? Well, My in, producer, Ethan, is here. In St. Louis, we would call you the Jose Okendo, the secret the uh, secret weapon, we would call you, the utility man, the utility woman. Well, I don't want to put myself in the same category as Jose. Come on, let's not go that far. Let's not overstate it, Ethan. Uh, by the way, Tom Ackerman is going to come join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Looking forward to talking with him. Coming up in just a moment, Hans von Spakowski will be here from Heritage. And it's interesting because he's been writing about the 25th Amendment. We keep hearing about the 25th Amendment. What does it mean? Does it mean they take somebody and they put them on a, you know, a hand truck and just cart them off? I don't know. <laughs> How could this go down? And I find it fascinating that the left is now talking about this. That you know, the for a long time, we've known that Biden wasn't all there. And don't you find it interesting that all of a sudden they're talking about Trump? Trump's diminished capacity. Look what Trump said here. Trump Trump's diminished capacity. I'll tell you what. Why don't we put Trump and Biden in a Jeopardy round? Anybody watch Jeopardy? My mother does. That's why I do. Uh, let's put Trump and you know Biden head to head on any platform and see who's the smarter one. I'd love to see that happen. Hans von Spakowski is here from the Heritage Foundation, and he's got his own little, I love the sound effects. Hans von Spakowski, you know, the former emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Hans von Spakowski is here, Heritage Foundation. How are you, Hans? Good talking to you again, my friend. Well, it's nice to talk to you, too. You know what I think is so interesting is how all of a sudden, even the lefties are seeming to question Biden. Huh, makes my nose twitch just a little bit. And you were writing about this this week for Heritage, about the 25th Amendment. Don't you find that curious that suddenly they're worried about his mental acuity? Well, they, they should be. I mean, listen, when you have a president in public... Um, reciting stories about the conversations that he had with the former chancellor of Germany and the former president of France, who at the time he says he had the conversations with them had been dead, <laughs> dead for years, uh, then I, they ought to be concerned. Well, what, what makes you think he doesn't talk to dead people, Hans? I mean, come on now. We, <laughs> It's scary. So give us a read. Now, you've got a whole column in this inheritance today. I want people to check this out about the 25th Amendment. Talk to me a little bit about how that could work. Just give me the, the short version, because obviously I've, I've you know read your column and a lot of other things on it. But for those who right. don't know, because it's been talked about, we need to know how it could be used. And once again, by the left, who we've known this all along, that Biden's half out of it. But now the left's noticing this. What could anybody do to get rid of Biden if they chose to do that? Well, the only people who could do something about it are the vice president and a majority of the cabinet officials, the heads of, of you know, DHS and, and Department of Justice, et cetera. The, the only way he could be removed from office due to disability because he can't carry out the duties of his office anymore is uh, the vice president and a majority of the cabinet officials would have to send a written notice to Congress telling them that the president is unable to carry out his duties as president. And if that happens, why then 
the vice president becomes the acting president of the United States. That's terrifying in itself. Isn't it? <laughs> what an alternative. Well, because here's, yeah, here's the thing about Kamala, you know, and I'll just say this. I mean, Hillary Clinton, say what you want about her, was not stupid. Kamala Harris, to me, strikes me as a very stupid woman. I, I mean, you, you see her speak, and I'm not saying that she's got any kind of dementia or anything. I'm not diagnosing anybody here. She's not a very bright woman. It's frightening to have her at the helm. But Biden hasn't been really conducting the, the duties of the president for a very long time. I mean, he'll do a meeting and have a nap for half the day. I mean, he hasn't really been doing anywhere near what other presidents before him have done all along. We've talked about this numerous times. Well, no, that's true. Now, but the thing is, remember, at the press conference that um, Biden held at the White House right after that special counsel report came out, they raised questions about his mental abilities. He got visibly angry at any questions like that. So that means that even even if the vice president and the cabinet officials um, sent that written notice to Congress, if the president disputed it, and I don't think there's any question that Joe Biden would dispute that, well, then Congress has to basically debate and vote on who's right, and it takes a two-thirds vote of each house to say, yes, the president is disabled and cannot continue any longer uh, as, as president. Interesting. We're speaking with Hans von Spakowski from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Heidi Harrison from Mark Cox. If there were somebody else who were vice president, would this have happened sooner? Do you think the Democrats would have been on board with this sooner? Yes, I think, I, I think it's very much so. Uh, but they've seen the polling on Kamala. They've seen the word salad, I think that's the only word you can use, uh, that comes out of her mouth when she's giving speeches. And they don't want her as president right. because they think she will lose for sure. By the way, kind of an interesting historical note that to me, I wonder whether history is repeating itself. <laughs> and that is, uh, look, in 1919, President Wilson at, uh, at the time uh, uh, suffered a severe stroke. He clearly was no longer mentally capable, but you know what his wife did? She isolated him at the White House, hid his condition from the public, Congress, even most of her staff, and she basically would tell folks what the president was telling them to do. She basically ran, ran the country, but no one ever really knew that because they thought it was he was just having trouble speaking and that she could understand him and nobody else could. Yeah, I do remember that story. It, it's interesting, too, because if it, I would never let my husband be out in public like this. I have too much regard for my husband to ever allow this. The fact that Jill Biden does not take him off the public stage. We never saw Ronald Reagan like this. We never saw Charlton Heston like this. We never saw some very other famous people who had dementia or what I'm not diagnosing him, but had some kind of diminished capacity. We never saw that. If she cared about his legacy, cared about him at all, she would take him off the public stage, I believe. Well, to some extent, as you know, that has occurred. I mean, they've, they've minimized they've minimized his public appearances, at least when it comes to press conferences. And you can see why, because like I said, his last press conference was a complete and total disaster. All it did was yep. add fuel, add fuel to those doubting his abilities. 
I know they have done that, but he's still there. And I, I don't, I don't right. understand Jill as a wife. I don't understand her not tapping him on the shoulder and saying, honey, let's protect what's left of your legacy. I don't know what's left actually, if, if anything at all, but they, it, it's unbelievable to me. And then Kamala, they know no one likes her. Any chance we're going to sh- see a Michelle Obama pop up? In- oh, you know, everybody keeps speculating about that, but I, I doubt that she wants to, put herself into the spotlight like that. I think she likes the spotlight when it's a, when it's a friendly crowd like Oprah, but in the hurly burly, uh, the hurly burly of, uh, of politics, when people are going after you and doing opposition research on your background and stuff like that, I don't think she wants, frankly, I don't think she has the, um, the willpower to subject herself to that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Hans von Spakowski, Heritage Foundation. Always great having you on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Always my privilege when I get to talk to you when Mark's off. <laughs> Tell him I said hello when you see him. I, I sure will. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I don't know that Michelle would want this job anyway. I mean, the, the woman's got plenty of money. She doesn't, I mean, <laughs> would be a step down. Who wants the aggravation of being president? I know some people do. I can't imagine that she would. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Good morning. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Mark and crew return tomorrow. I'm here with my producer, Ethan. We do a Sunday night show, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 97.1 FM Talk, if you've not heard of me before. Hey, some exciting news. Mark Reardon, of course, afternoon host right here on 97.1 FM Talk, is going to be filling in for Brian Kilmeade today. So you'll hear him live 10 to noon. That's fantastic. Very excited for him. We're going to talk in a moment about the whole issue of AI. It's a big deal. I, I Can I just be honest with you guys? I don't even understand. I, I mean, I understand part of it, obviously. I understand what it does. But I don't think anybody understands how far this could go and how much information out there that you see already is generated artificially. We don't even know. And, of course, this information is a huge factor when it comes to this. People are very concerned about the election. I mean, people already believe everything they see on the internet to a large extent, not everybody, but a lot of people believe what they see. They assume for some reason that it has to be true. It's been interesting about elections because there are a lot of people who will believe if, let's say, for example, there's campaign literature that's sent to your house saying something about a particular candidate. Some people believe that has to be true and it doesn't. (laughs) That's what people forget. So take that. And then add AI, and we've got a mess. John Bromfield's here. He's a director with Vistrata. It's a company that is involved with cybersecurity and a lot of other things regarding your business. John, welcome to the Mark Cox Show. You're in with Heidi Harris today. How are you? Good, thanks. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. So talk to me about how scary this could be when it comes to AI in the election. There, there's a lot of talk about disinformation. We know that, of course, who defines disinformation. That's the big issue, right? But how are we going to be able to determine what's being said that was never true at all, uh, and more so than in the past, versus uh, something that might have a little grain of truth to it? It's very hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is challenging. Uh, and we've seen this uh, before, you know, this has been around for some time. I don't know um, if people might recall two years ago in Slovakia, uh, two days just before the elections there, an audio recording was posted to Facebook, uh, you know, with allegedly two candidates on talking about how they were going to steal votes. And that 
had a dire effect on the actual results of that election. So this has been happening for some time. We've seen it, you know, as, as far back as two years ago. And uh, of course, AI has advanced tremendously since then. So it's becoming uh, increasingly challenging for, for people to really discern what's true or not when they hear stuff on radio or on a phone or what they see on a video or on TV. Well, how, how do you? I mean, it, yes, it's difficult, but is there any way at all to know when you hear something? Because most people are just, they're, no, they're, they're not enmeshed in the news like you and I are, all right? They're not spending all day long researching this and this kind of stuff. They're just doing their thing, living their lives, raising their families. They don't have hours and hours a day to look things up and to try to figure out, you know, is that really true and do the extra research? So how could they possibly determine by something you mentioned, you know, something on shows up on Facebook or TikTok or whatever it might be, how do they determine whether or not that's true? Yeah, that's so you hit on a very important point, which is cyber criminals and, and, and those that are trying to, uh, you know, get nefarious uh, conclusions over the Internet or on social. They're preying on unknowing uh, people, first and right. foremost. And so the, the way we combat that is really through a broad scale awareness campaign. So having conversations like this today, this morning on the radio is, is, is great, right? Because we need to get the awareness out. And when you look at the study by Arctic Wolf cybersecurity firm that recently surveyed 130 or so uh, government and campaign officials, over half of them you know, feel we're unprepared for the elections. And the main reason for that is because of a lack of awareness and training uh, for employees internally, but then you expand it out to people at large. So it's, it's a challenge because of the unawareness factor. Now, fortunately, there are things that big tech are doing um, to, to work to combat that, and I can talk to that as well. Yeah, please do, because I, I, I'm dying to know. I, I, it's very concerning. So tell me what big tech's doing. Sure. Yeah. So big tech, you know, firms like Adobe, Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft, and then others have been working in conjunction with, you know, public uh, government organizations over the past year or two to get ahead of this, right? So they've seen this coming for, for at least the last year or so and are creating uh, technology to help uh, thwart the impact of AI. So think of content credentialing. So they're creating this technology now so that we can uh, authenticate the integrity of content. So think of like the blue check mark on your Twitter account. This would be somewhat analogous to that for content created and disseminated on the Internet. Uh, they're also creating technology to be able to determine in real time or close as close to real time whether something uh, has been uh, you know, created as a deep fake. And then finally, uh, provenance technologies, which basically, you know, tag the origination or the source of a piece of content that has been created. Uh, last Friday, uh, actually, as recently as last Friday, all of these firms signed a commitment at the Munich Security Conference uh, to continue to push these efforts and to share best practices around these technologies. So it's, it's also playing a big role on the international scale. Well, I'd like to see them be able to put a stop to this, but of course, you know, they've called things I've said on the internet misinformation, and I've never said one thing that's a lie or anything like that. No, I mean that—that's a problem that I have. Big tech. If if I if I have a question about vaccines, quote unquote, or anything like that, big tech will shut me down, and they've done it. 
and other people like me and or or they'll minimize what you can say or shadow ban or whatever they come up with this week. So I have huge concerns that those people are going to be now in charge of. I mean, listen, I don't want AI running the world, but I don't want those people to be the arbiters of what the truth is because we've seen what they've done. Yeah, no, that's a great point, right? I think there's a fine line and a balance here that needs to be struck between uh, protecting integrity of content, but at the same time, making sure that we don't infringe upon free speech and right. uh, our fundamental rights. So I think that's a great point. It's very difficult. Well, it's a difficult, <laughs> I don't envy you, sir. It's a lot to navigate, but I'm glad you're out there doing it. So appreciate that. Once again, this is John Bronfeld, director with Vistrata, which has consulting services and all kinds of other things that help companies. So this is something I, every company needs to be aware of, right? Because there could be an AI email that goes out to all the employees, right? That could be very damaging. That's a big concern. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we say in cybersecurity is that people are the weakest link uh, and the more yeah. advanced cyber criminals are actually hacking people, not technology. And we've seen that well, time and time MGM again. With about all that. The- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm from Vegas, so I, I <laughs> you can ask MGM about people giving out passwords and information over the phone. I, 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 I. Right. But that's true. So that what happens if somebody sends out a crazy email or it's an AI thing and they say, no, it wasn't me. It was AI generated. Try to prove that. Right. Right. And then AI is also being used to uh, create contextual situations. So if I can go in and study someone's profile, leveraging AI in a quick fashion, then I can smartly produce a scenario that resonates more with that person based on their background, based on what they're doing in real time. And that's where it really gets interesting. Right. Whether they love dogs or Italian food or whatever it might be, you'll have a more, more insight to them. Wow, that's pretty scary stuff. John Bromfeld, director with Vistrata. This is a great a great conversation. I appreciate it. It's pretty scary stuff, but I'm glad you're staying on the case. Thank you for being here on the Mark Cox Show. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. Isn't that scary? I mean, the and, and you know, I'm concerned big tech supposedly, supposedly, is keeping track of this. Well, we all know what big tech does. I mean, I had YouTube kick my account completely off because they didn't like what I said about the shot. I didn't even say people shouldn't take a shot. I would never do that. It's not for me to say. But I just put a video up talking about the reasons I didn't take a shot. And for that, YouTube completely shut down my account. So who's going to be in charge now of what the so-called disinformation is. We know that they want to shut down anything they don't agree with. So if it's AI putting out information against Trump, for example, that they're okay with, they'll go, oh, that's good, right? It fits their narrative. How many times have we seen that? A story fits their narrative so they run with it and don't even check the facts. So that's even more frightening as far as I'm concerned. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Good morning. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox, giving the crew a day off. My ace producer, Ethan, is here. You probably heard his name or heard his voice filling in for other shows. And he does my show on Sunday nights right here on 97.1 FM Talk, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, lots more to get to here on the Mark Cox Morning Show. By the way, you can watch us doing this live on the Heidi Harris Show. I know it's confusing. Heidi Harris Show Facebook page. Oh, I have my own Facebook page, so check it out, Heidi Harris Show. Heartbreaking situation in Burnsville, Minnesota. I'm sure you've heard about this by now. If you haven't, two police officers and a paramedic were killed by a useless human being. I'm trying to come up with some words that I can use on the air. Let me think here for a second. Uh, 
apparently Alpha News in Minnesota is reporting that the guy who did the shooting uh, was a violent criminal. They knew he was a violent criminal, had a past. Here we go again. You know, it's unbelievable to me. By the way, his name is Shannon Cortez Gooden is the one who did the shooting, according to Alpha News in Minnesota. And because he's not white and wearing a MAGA hat, we don't know who we, we, we don't see his face, but I will tell you, he's not white. He's a black guy. Now, are black guys the only one who do, do these kinds of things? Of course not. Of course not. But it's fascinating how the media doesn't want you to hear about it. They don't want you to know when somebody who's black does something to a white person. It shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be a race issue no matter what, but they always cover that up. If it's a white guy, they've got him out there you know, 24-7. You see the picture in five minutes of this person. So anyway, I, I don't focus on the criminal, but it is a result of a lot of policies that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of communities have. Innocent people are killed by weak DAs and people who don't want to actually do their jobs. Now, the people who are out there, the cops who are out there do their jobs, but they can only do so much. You know, they can hook them and book them and that's it. And if you're a cop, and I've asked friends of mine who are cops, you know, how do you compartmentalize it? Because you're out there on the beat. Friday night, you arrest somebody, you know, is a just a real piece of work. And then Monday morning, they're back out there in the neighborhood you're patrolling, and you know, they're a terrible human being. And you've arrested them because, you know, cops know the people in their neighborhood or the houses in their neighborhood that are problem or whatever, you know, good cops know these kinds of things. And any cop will tell you they spend 90% of their time chasing 10% of the population. We know that. So you do your job as a police officer. And I don't know about you, but we've all been in situations where the boss doesn't back us. I mean, I'm raising my hand. I think we've all been there, right? You do the best you can. You give your heart and soul to an organization and the boss doesn't back you for whatever reason. And it's very, uh, well, let's see, very sad, right? It's destabilizing for the organization. It's disheartening for the people who work there. And these people are back out on the streets and this guy had a violent past and it's heartbreaking. So two police officers and a paramedic who was there to help them were were two police, three of them were killed. There was another police officer there who wasn't killed. He was injured, but he wasn't killed. I mean, it's just horrendous. And of course, anybody knows if you know anything about police work that the most dangerous calls you can possibly take are domestic violence calls. Because somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing. Or, there's, or at the very least, there's a heightened, a heightened situation. Right? People are screaming and yelling at each other and whatnot. And you walk into that situation. I mean, can you imagine? Imagine if you had two friends who were going at it, having a big argument in your house or their house, and you were there. Would you want to be there? No. Police officers have to walk into that every day and try to defuse the situation. But what are they supposed to do? Not go to these situations? Because they sometimes escalate into somebody getting killed. Not all the time. But it sometimes happens. But police officers are willing to walk into a situation they know is very, very dangerous. And they do it every single day on our behalf. These people were children. They were in their 20s. Terrible. Just breaks my heart. So when are we going to wake up to this? When are we going to start waking up to the fact that these people are walking among us who shouldn't be? People are free and they shouldn't be. And this guy had apparently some violent offenses in the past that were pled down. Here we go again. Where have you heard this one? And you have to wonder, what is the point of that? 
I've often wondered, what is the point of these DAs who don't have any spine whatsoever? Or they or, or they just don't want to prosecute people. What's what is it based on? I'm not even sure. I don't think it's racial because plenty of white people commit crimes. I don't think it's a race issue. They don't want to put people in jail for whatever. I, I don't understand it. You want to feel good about yourself? You want to give people 8,000 chances? But the problem is most of these DAs, well, probably all of them, aren't living in the neighborhoods that are hit the hardest by crime. They're living behind walls. They've got guns or they've got security. They're not living with the damage that they cause. They're not. So is it that they're completely disconnected, that they want to have these, I don't know, these high-minded ideas about how things should go and we don't want to have to punish people? I don't understand it. There's no way to logically understand why so many violent people are let off with basically a slap on the wrist, if anything. Sometimes they don't even get that. All over the country this is happening in these Democrat-controlled places. And real people are losing their lives. And Minnesota has some, you know, things to answer for this morning. These first responders, these these kids, I mean, they're children. Killed. Trying to do the right thing. By some loser who was a repeat loser. These things break my heart. I, I know that bad things happen and... Evil is going to exist, but I hate it. I hate it when they win even one round of anything. It makes my heart hurt. And for the people in Minnesota, it breaks my heart. I, I don't, I wish there was something we could do. I mean, I know that there, we can't eliminate evil. I get that. But there's certainly a lot more we could do to be able to at least put these people in jail. I don't care how many jails we have to build. I don't care. Keep building them. Put these people away. That's what we have to do. Otherwise, we're never going to get a handle on this. Now, we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to eliminate evil. But at the very least, I mean, there's some things that are easy. When someone's got a violent record like this guy supposedly did, you know, why is this person out? You know, you, you can't keep everybody in jail. Yeah, well, build more jails. Yeah, you can. And we're not talking about somebody who had, you know, you know, we've all heard the old things about, oh, we had, you know, one, one joint, so they threw them in. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about people with the violent situations. And, of course, when they have a record for violent offenses, you know they've done a million things nobody ever saw that they haven't been busted for because that's the kind of person they are. They're going to continue to hurt other people throughout their lives until they're stopped. That's what it comes down to. I mean, this is so, to me, it's so easy and it makes so much sense. You stop these people before they kill innocent heroes. And these are police officers doing their very best and a first responder. I mean, <laughs> these are some of the best people among us. Crazy. Just crazy. All right, much more coming up on the Mark Cox Morning Show. We're going to talk a little bit about the FBI and forward. Did you hear about this guy picked up at the Vegas airport? There you go. We'll get to that much more on the Mark Cox Morning Show. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 